The Providence Journal presents Nick and Pop, the college basketball podcast for Rhode Island and around the nation with your hosts, Kevin McNamara and Bill Koch. Hello and welcome to the Pick and Pop podcast. This is Kevin McNamara here at the Providence Journal. Uh, Bill Koch is alongside uh, Bill Welcome back to another year of Pick and Pop Podcast. Kevin, it's great to be back. Yes, it's basket. Well, it's really not basketball season. The lords of the NCAA and actually the NBA have uh, sped up the calendars in the basketball world. Uh, the World Series is only a few games in, and we're talking college basketball. The Celtics are up and running. Is this good for you, or is it a little too early? No, I was ready. Uh, Considering that the Red Sox went out early and missed the playoffs, I've had a a little time here in October to recharge, and I'm ready. I'm ready for college basketball, and you know, I find my energy level pretty high going into this season because I think we have some good things to expect from uh, the teams in the state here. No, very much. And as anyone who's listened to the pick and pop in the past, uh, you know, we're heavy on the URI Rams, Providence Friars. Uh, not as heavy uh, on the Brown Bears and the Bulldogs of Bryant, depending on their uh, success rate, uh, and a little bit nationally. And, you know, I, I think this year, Bill, I have a goal of talking more national than, than usual. Good. Um, you know, it's awful tough to have a college basketball podcast and not go deep on, you know, Zion Williamson last year, for example, which, which we hit some of those. But uh, right off the top here, you know, we just had a little chit-chat before we started. You know, it's a strange year nationally. Uh, there's been so many one-and-dones. Uh, I think everyone just says, well, who's in the top ten? Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, Michigan State. And, you know, okay, that's easy. Well, guess who won the national title last year? Virginia. Right. Who's in the championship game? Texas Tech. Right. It, it's, just, it's the lazy man's way to say, well, Kentucky, Duke, Kansas. And I'm guilty of that. You know, I vote in the top 25, and I, I pick Kansas first, and... You know, who knows? But I guess I don't have the uh, vision or gumption to pick Texas Tech first. Well, there's a little bit of a star vacuum this year, I think you could say. You look at last season in college basketball, Zion Williamson, his physicality, his highlights, the way that he played the game, just took over the national scene. Pretty much every game that Duke played was appointment viewing. It was Uh, great. And I'm no no Duke honk, but uh, I, I, I made sure to watch them. Every, every time. You know, and, and so going off that into this year, you don't necessarily see that sort of generational player, that incredible physical talent who's going to leave your jaw on the floor. Um, the reality, and, and you pointed it out in the two teams that were in the NCAA championship game, is that experience wins. Veterans win. People don't want to hear that. But teams who have played deep into March, teams who have seniors, teams who have guys who are 22 and 23 and 24 years old, Mm. those tend to be the ones standing at the end. You have to remember that Duke did not make the Final Four last year. For all the publicity that they got, all the time they spent at number one, all the winning and, and the highlights that they provided, they weren't even a Final Four team. So you can evaluate teams on paper you can evaluate teams based on star power, but the teams that are standing at the end in your NCAA brackets are, are going to be very different from some of the ones that you watch frequently in December and January. They are, and uh, nationally, the uh, preseason number one team is Michigan State. That came out, I think, on Monday, and then uh, two days later, news came out that Joshua Lankford, their starting wing senior, is out for six weeks. So I think right. people would like to revote. And uh, right. who knows? Maybe 
my pick, would Kansas would be first. Who knows? But uh, Kansas, I think, only got three, uh, three first-place votes. Uh, Dick Vitale was uh, alongside Kevin Mack as a first-place voter for nice Kansas, company. Kansas. So you know, very good. You know, uh, I didn't chit chat and coordinate with Dickie V, but who knows? You know, we'll yeah. we'll see who's right in the end. Yeah. So Dickie V voting for Kansas instead of Duke would shock a lot of people. Dookie V. Dookie V. Got it. Yes. Got it. Yes. Um, so, uh, Bill, you're just off the train yesterday. You were down in Brooklyn for the Atlantic 10 Media Day. We're going to start with the A10. Uh, interesting uh, vibe coming out of. Uh, Brooklyn. Uh, first of all, what, what was the food like? It was good. Yeah, Barclays Center. It's a pro arena. They, they put it. out a good Excellent. spread. That's why I ask. Yes. Any any do. local Brooklyn treats on the menu? Uh, they had Brooklyn potato chips <laughs> on there. Uh, you could have gone outside to any of the establishments around the Barclays Center and probably gotten some Blue Point toasted beer if you wished. Uh, I didn't do that. I, I got on the train like a good boy and came right back home. Good man. Um, you know, but yes, it, it's it's good to be at Barclays Center as the A10 you know puts out every year. Uh, they break the sales record for the tournament every season. Uh, they have those games in big pro arenas because they need to satisfy their corporate sponsors. Yeah. They need the suites for it. The romantic notion is we should have the tournament at the Palestra and sell it out and it would be great and it would be historic. They wouldn't make nearly as much money and get nearly as much exposure as they do at Barclays. It's it's a great building to be at. It's a first class environment. It is. And, uh, you know, you, you get that sort of pro feel when you're at Media Day, when you're at the A-10 tournament in March. And the A-10 tournament is back at Barclays. And uh, I think la- la- have, last year as well. Was then, it Barclays? Maybe I think they have one more year. And then it skips to the a- uh, ACC, and then it goes back, I think. I'd I have get, to I look at confused. the contracts. Yes. But you're, right now we're in the middle of three years. Got it. Got it. Um, quickly, the preseason poll in the A-10, no surprise, uh, VCU, defending champ. Uh, four starters back, I think, is the, the number one team. Davidson second, Dayton third, Rhode Island fourth, St. Bonnie fifth, Richmond and St. Louis wrap up the uh, the first seven. Uh, I can't say I have uh, much of a uh, pushback on that, with the exception maybe of Rhode Island and St. Bonnie. You know, St. Bonnie uh, beat URI last year in the A-10 semis. The two best players, in my eyes, were both freshmen. Um Kyle Lofton, the the point guard, and then the big kid. Uh, you'd have to help me with the last name. Osun Osuniyi. Osuniyi. Yeah. Not Osuni. Osuniyi. I like Osuni-y. that. I got it. Yeah. Uh, two really good uh, rising sophomores. Uh, so I, I think that's a really solid top five bill in the A10 this year. Yeah, I think uh, you look at the top three, the the teams that are ahead of Rhode Island. VCU really didn't lose anyone of note. Uh, Davidson brings back all five starters as well. Dayton is a little bit different in terms of they're going to be relying on some transfers to come in, and and you wonder how quickly their lineup is going to mesh. I I think they're third in front of Rhode Island based on what people see as their upside. Uh, You know, you got guys in from Michigan, from Florida, from Creighton, some big time programs, and Uh, and, and maybe the number one pro prospect in the league. With Obi Toppin, right, who would have been my preseason player of the year. Uh, you know, I had a vote for all-conference and for order of finish, uh, and I had Toppin on, on the first line. Uh, I think he's the best player in the league. Uh, that's with all due respect to John Axel Goodmanson, the guard from Davidson, who is returning, who was the postseason player of the year last season. Uh, I just think Toppin has the best upside in the lead. Uh, Bernadette McGlade, the A-10 commissioner, yesterday, uh, Thursday, on Media Day, said that she felt 
felt like Toppin was a lottery pick or a first-round type pick, a guy who has you know, incredible talent. And who could argue after seeing that guy play you know, last season? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Dayton ends up getting the nod. I, I think Rhode Island is correctly placed at four. I, I think you've got all five starters back. Uh, you have a reliable bench piece in Dana Tate, who played a fair amount last year. And then you look at some older guys who you're hoping to incorporate into the lineup, whether it be two junior college players, DJ Johnson and, and Jeremy Shepard, uh, or Antoine Walker, who is a sit-out transfer from Georgetown. Your nine-man rotation there should be set, should be older, should be experienced. So I think Rhode Island gets the nod over St. Bonaventure, who lost Courtney Stockard and Ladarian Griffin. They could be a little bit on the thin side in terms of their rotation. Uh, Richmond is very intriguing with Nick Sherrod coming back. He had a knee injury last year. You've got two high-end players there in Jacob Gilliard and Grant Golden. Uh, St. Louis also with two high-end players in Jordan Goodwin and Hassan French. So the, the top seven at the very least, in the league. Very solid this year. Should be a league that's competing for three to four NCAA bids, in my mind, and, and anything less than that would be a disappointment. And we'll, we'll spin this off into URI in a second, but uh, the key to be able to do that uh, is obviously schedule strength and winning games, uh, not only once the Atlantic 10 gets going, but maybe more importantly in the non-conference. And uh, uh, I thought that uh, Commissioner McGlade went out of her way yesterday to say that our schools have scheduled uh, the way they're supposed to schedule, especially the top schools. But now it's time to win games. And that really hasn't happened in the A-10 the last couple of years, where I think they did have NCAA quality teams, but you know they're in the 80s and 70s uh, in the net ranking and that's just not going to cut it and that goes back to your success rate in uh, November and December and if you look at the teams this year and in, in terms of what they've scheduled, uh, there's great opportunity in the A-10 to, to get some big wins. Uh, just look at the, the preseason Ken Palm top 100, which isn't all that exact. It, it goes off data from last year and projected data from this year, but yeah. Rhode Island has 13 top 100 games. Uh, Davidson would have 12. Dayton has 10 and probably will add two more because they're in the Maui Invitational. VCU has 11. So if you're looking at those four teams as the top four in the league, there is an abundance of opportunity to add to your NCAA resume. In terms of Rhode Island, you're playing six games non-conference against the top 100, and then you're playing six more in the league just against Dayton, Davidson, VCU, home and away. Right, and I I almost take the league ones out of the discussion because depending on what happens in November and December, Richmond may not be in the top 100 if they just don't get things done. But non-conference-wise, and this is where we'll spin it to Rhode Island, really got to give David Cox, Thor Bjorn, everyone in Kingston a lot of credit uh, for playing. This is their non-conference. First of all, uh, some of these games are not in the top 100, but I I don't think I want to open my season against Long Island, who I, I think was picked first in the Northeast Conference. Could have been, could have been second. You have it in front of you, I think. I do, I do. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. All sorts of good stuff here. Long Island first. First. That, my, that just means my my, mem- my memory is not. Uh, it's better than mine. Well, I don't know about that. Very good. It's deteriorating daily. I can Very tell you good. that. But anyways, uh, that's the season opening game Long, for the Rams. Long Island and a coach who's familiar with you and Derek Kellogg. Yeah, he used to be yeah. at UMass. So you know how they're going to play. They're going to be tough. Um, but. Then we get into the, quote, real games at Maryland, uh, top 
dozen team in the country. I think they're 16th in the Ken Palm. Uh, Alabama at home, who I think I, I was surprised to see it. I think in the Ken Palm they were 70. There's no way they're 70. I, I know they have three very good players. They're a top 50 team. Uh, LSU in Jamaica is a, a top 50 team. At West Virginia, you think Bob Huggins might be ready for the Rams oh. this, this time after what after Brody he beat did? them last year? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Providence at you know at, at the Ryan Center. Enough said. Uh, Western Kentucky may have the best player that uh, the Rams play all season in Charles Bassey. He's he's a uh, lottery pick potential right. center. Uh, those are hard games. Very hard. They, they could win. I'm not sure how many, but more importantly, they could lose every one of them. I mean, those are really difficult games, but those are the opportunity games that uh, the A-10 is looking for. You're playing to give yourselves a chance to split those games. If you go three and three in those six, you're still in pretty good shape. You have three resume wins. None of those are bad losses. You take care of business in the rest of them. You're off to a very nice start in terms of trying to make an argument for a bid in March. Uh, You know, And I just think that that David Cox did a good job of evaluating his roster and what he was going to have back. You've got the two seniors out front with Jeff Doughton and Cyril Langevin. Uh, your other three starters you know, all played extensively last year, whether it was Tyrese Martin uh, or Jermaine Harris uh, or Fats Russell. Sure. Those guys have all played a lot of minutes. Fats Russell has played in NCAA tournament games. Um, they should be ready for, for this sort of thing. And, and if they're not, then you're just not good enough. It's really that simple. But you are giving yourselves a chance, and I think that's the most important thing for a mid-major these days, to to try and get these opportunity games on your schedule. And these are the type of games that uh, our URI friends, and I use that with a small f, uh, always complain about. Why can't we play Alabama? You know, well... Amazingly, you do have a home and home against Alabama. Right. Uh, we'll see the next time an SEC team comes into the Ryan Center. I mean, that's a coup. That's really impressive. It was good scheduling. Uh, you know, West Virginia was a neutral at game, which is you know that's not what Rhode Island has to, uh, wants to do, but what they have to do to and it, play a Big Twelve level team. And it wasn't a neutral game. Mohegan Sun's a good venue for you, all right? No, I. It's. If you're going to pick a uh, neutral game, that's neutral site. That's that's not bad. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, Maryland, I'm not sure what that if that's a bye game or not. That's a bye game. Yeah. Um, it is. You know, if you're going to do a bye game, take it against a top dozen team in the country. And it's a homecoming game for most of URI's roster. True. Jeff Doughton specifically, a lot of guys on that team from the DMV area from Maryland. Uh, you don't think Jeff will want to get at, after Anthony Cowan? Uh, His former high school teammate? High school teammate. Absolutely. Maryland's top guard. No question. Uh, it's an intriguing game. Intriguing game. A uh, little bit more on the Rams. Uh, people ask me all summer long, you know, what do you think of the Rams? I said, well, I, I like their core, uh, their top three, but the, the key to the team is going to be, quote, these new guys, and I keep hearing good things about the new guys. You mentioned the two junior college players, Jeremy Shepard and DJ Johnson, both supposed to be able to make some shots. And as we know, last year Rhode Island had the worst three-point shooting team in the country. So they will play if they can make some shots. Um, and uh, also the transfer, Antoine Walker, who you, you came up with a nice nugget yesterday. He, he's currently not eligible uh, until mid-semester, which, you know, I, I get that is the rule. He transferred you know, last fall, so he has to sit out a full year. All I do is I, when I flip through these books is, you know, waiver, this guy get a waiver, this guy get a waiver. No one seems to have to sit out anymore, which I, 
What do you do to get a waiver? Because let's, it sounds like they pass them out like candy. Yeah, let's reset the situation a little bit. Uh, Antoine Walker was dismissed from Georgetown's team in October. Uh, there was an alleged altercation with another student-athlete on campus. Uh, not a fellow basketball player, but somebody who plays another sport. Uh, he opted to leave the school. Uh, Rhode Island was one of the teams that recruited him originally out of high school at Hargrave Military Academy, and he opted to transfer to URI. Uh, you know, he established residency here. Um, he was here for second semester last year. Traditionally, if you're a transfer, you have to sit out two full semesters. If you're URI, you're applying for a waiver at this point because you are trying to claim that Georgetown basically pulled back his scholarship and they, and they quote unquote ran him off. Uh, it's up to the NCAA to determine whether or not he was dismissed from Georgetown for cause or whether or not he was sort of told by Patrick Ewing, hey, look, you know, you had an incident here and you're also not really going to play. I'm going to recruit guys who are better than you. So why don't you take a leave and, and try to find somewhere else? So it's all going to depend on what sort of case URI is able to make and, and how the NCAA responds to that. It goes without saying that if you're able to get him eligible for the first semester games in the non-conference. Huge piece to back up Cyril Langevin and, and Jermaine Harris in the front court. No question. Um, you know, experienced guy, was here all last year going through practice. Uh, it, it, it would, he would definitely be a loss, especially with the type of games that we just talked about on URI's uh, non-conference uh, schedule. Uh, Going to transition here to the Big East. Uh, I was in New York City at the Garden a few weeks ago. They had their Big East media day. God, it was like... October fifteenth. It was so early. It was so early. Yeah, I think it was a garden availability uh, situation because they do have the uh, media day right on the court, which is uh, you know kind of cool. It's nice. Yeah, um, and for the first time in seems like forever, Villanova was not picked to win the Big East in the preseason coaches poll. It was Seton Hall one, Villanova two, Xavier three, Marquette and Providence tied for fourth. Uh, followed by Georgetown, Creighton, Butler, St. John's, and DePaul. Okay, all makes sense. You know, I think Providence, I've seen anywhere from third to eighth, uh, which just shows the kind of depth and balance of the Big East. Last year, uh, it was super balanced and really not all that good in, in, uh, at the end, and I'm going to get to that in a little bit. Mm. Um, but, um, and then the these Ken Palm rankings, which, uh, uh, truth be told, Bill Koch is a Ken Palm guy. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm more than half in. I, I get it. But when you have a uh, when one of the uh, metrics in a preseason computer poll is luck, that, that, that's a little too deep for me, Bill. How, how do you come right. up with luck? on games that haven't happened yet about a team who hasn't played a game yet it's it's a head scratcher you really can't and and Ken Palm would readily admit that uh, his preseason isn't necessarily always accurate Uh, you might get a better look at at what a team was postseason last year sure but it it just gives you a sort of baseline it's like the preseason AP poll you know you're you're doing the best you can with the information that you have no question that's all it's it's, uh, you know you go on reputation largely which is but but I'm glad that who recruited who what guys were rated where glad that I don't include luck in my estimations luck is not even a little kind of vague you need to get a little lucky but uh another team has a guy hurt you you have a guy who scored 30 points who normally averages eight that that's kind of luck injury is that a luck sure okay Um, if you're healthy well you're lucky enough not to be injured ken palm thinks that the big east is going to be really lucky this year because he's got seven of the 10 teams in his top 36 Mm. 
which is uh, if that's the case, this this league is going to be a bear. And again, all summer long, I'm asked, how are the Friars going to be? And my response was, they could be good, but the league's going to be really good. Mm. And uh, looks like Ken Palm and others uh, agree. Um, just to go through them in the top 25, this that, that did come out uh, uh, this week. Seton Hall, Villanova, and Xavier are all ranked. Um, Creighton, Providence, Marquette all got votes. Xavier got votes. So I, I think everyone around the country thinks that the Big East is going to be pretty good. And, you know, Bill, I, I think that's my concern for Providence. I, I, I do think uh, that if they could ever get healthy, which is just bizarre, uh, uh the injury updates are changing daily, but when you listen to this, I can guarantee you that Nate Watson is still not practicing. Mm. Uh, Luan Pipkins is practicing very lightly. He has a hamstring, and we know anything who knows anything about hamstrings is you got to be careful because right. you don't want to pop it, and uh, then he's out for two months. I think in th- and Greg Gant, uh, freshman, has not practiced either. So, you know, that's the starting center, the starting point guard, and someone who I'd say Ed Cooley thought would be in his top eight. Uh, all really have not practiced at all. And uh, that's how can that not be a concern? That's why we practice, right? Well, allow me to allay some of your fears here. Sure. Uh, starting off early with the Friars. You got a couple games that you should win right out of the box: Sacred Heart and, and NJIT. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go to Northwestern. That's a game where you probably have more talent on paper than Northwestern. If you guys play to it, you better. They're picked last in the Big Ten. Correct. Then you've got St. Peter's, Merrimack, who's transitioning to Division One, and Penn at home. Got to well, handle your home games. Uh, I, I stop it after Merrimack because I, I get your argument. That's one, two, three, four, five. The first five games of the season. Uh, I won't say you don't need Nate Watson and Luan Pipkins, but you could be 5-0 and without them. And that buys you a month. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, if Pipkins is managed correctly from a health perspective and Watson is going to have some time, theoretically those two guys will be back on the court. From then on, I'll give maybe one easy game from now from then until the end of the season. Yeah, Stony Brook at home. Stony Brook at home, and Stony Brook's pretty good. On uh, Long Beach State to start off with. Long Beach on a neutral court should be... Uh, should get that one. Should get that one. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, be, be honest with you, the, the Penn game is, is a killer. That, that's not a game that Ed Cooley's happy about at all. <laughs> that's part of the wooden classic. That's uh, not a right, the, game. the home date. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's, you know... It was either them or Charleston, I think, and uh, it ended up being Penn. I guess you flip a coin because Charleston's pretty good as well. Here, here's an outsider's view on the Friars. Yeah, and, and by the way, just a, one, two, three, four, five. They have six Ken Palm non-conference games. Yeah, got some really good ones there. Yeah. Florida, Texas, obviously, whoever you end up running into it wouldn't. Uh, yeah, they're hoping you, Arizona. Right. Yeah. Right. You win a game or two there, you're going to play somebody really good. A few years ago, they played Michigan State. Right. Uh, in, in that tournament, uh, you know, and obviously that's anytime you play someone of that caliber, it's going to be a top five, top 10, you know, top 15 ish type game on your schedule. Uh, just an outsider's view on the Friars. I am bullish on Providence. I think they're going to be really good. These guys will get healthy. They'll resolve that. These are not long term concerns. I look at Providence's roster. You have a finalist for the Julius Irving Award, which goes to the best 
Small forward, power forward? Small forward. Small forward in the country, that's Alpha Diallo. You have a finalist for the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award, which goes to the top center in the country, that's Nate Watson. By the way, should you have to be able to throw a skyhook if, you, if you're a finalist for the, it, uh, or even a candidate for the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award? It's a quaint notion, but you know, we could go back to the fact that no one really wants to be called a center anymore, even... And and we could we could abolish the award entirely. I was going to say most of these guys would rather shoot threes than throw hook shots. Right, stretch five if you would. I'm a hook shot guy. That's not going to be Nate Watson. Okay, okay. So you've got two finalists for two major awards. Two of your other starters, David Duke and AJ Reeves, depending on what ratings you looked at, were top fifty recruits, projected as NBA players in three to four years, highly touted guys who they battled for on the recruiting trail. They were after for a long time and got them here, and both of which. Started last year. A.J. Reeves obviously had an injury, but still played some significant minutes in some games. Sure. Luan Pipkins, you bring him in. He's a graduate transfer. He was at UMass. He was preseason All-A-10 last year, first team. Type of guy who's a pure point guard who can run your offense. You bring him Malik White off the bench. You're going to bring Chris Monroe and Jimmy Nichols off the bench. Two guys who you recruited, who you thought were going to be good players. Jimmy Nichols started a lot last season. Yep. That's an eight-man rotation well, with uh, some elite uh, talent in Cal- there. Cal- Khalif Young is a senior backup Khalif Young and Emmett Holt, you're not sure what you're going to get from Emmett Holt, but if he's anywhere close to the player he was even two years ago, you're going to have a pretty good guy in your rotation. So based on all that, tell me why Providence should, should not be good. Tell me why Ed Cooley is standing there at Big East Media Day saying... Uh, we were eighth or ninth last year, and I'm not really sure. I that is not the Ed Cooley that I know and love. Yeah, the Ed Cooley that I know and love is usually bullish on his players, you know, full of bravado, very confident. I think he's trying to downplay some expectations here because I think he actually really likes his team and doesn't want you to know that. Well, I think if you asked him. On August 31st, he would be in your camp, but after showing up every day for practice and seeing guys lame and not running, uh, I think he's just getting a little discouraged. So he may have may have been to in, may have went to New York and just been a little down. But uh, sure. they need Nate Watson and Luan Pipkins. Of course they do. Yeah. But just just on paper, no, if you tell me they're 100 percent healthy. Yes, they, they, this is easily the deepest and most talented team that he's had. No question. Yeah. No that question. said, back to what the original opened the Big East podcast line was the league is hard it is it's really really hard it is. and if you tell me that providence is going to be nine and nine and finish tied for six the seventh that can happen that can happen what i would say is that i look at the big east field and i don't necessarily see those one or two teams like a couple of years ago when villanova won the national title and, and xavier was also a one yeah, seed number one seed yeah i don't see those teams that are appreciably more talented than Providence. Who I agree you, with that. Who you look at and say, oh, God, they've got this guy and that guy, and I don't know if we can match up. The league is deep, but it's not necessarily filled with teams it's not elite. who are superior right, right. to Providence. I don't see that team out there. No, I'm with you. And Jay Wright would be the first one to say that this is his youngest team. Uh, you know, talented. Obviously, they've won national titles, so they've been able to recruit at a really high level. Sure, but really, really young. And if they're a candidate to win the league, you would think that Providence, with that lineup, is a candidate as well. And no I think question. that's what you're saying. That's I, what I'm I, saying. I would agree. Uh, two first-team All-Americans preseason, which means nothing, uh, in the Big East. Both uh, Miles Powell 
and Marcus Howard from Marquette are, uh, you know, something to watch. And mm. it's funny. People are like, well, they play each other twice this year. Those are great tickets. Well, I can tell you right now, and Bill, you've been at some of these games. Whenever Marcus Howard comes to Providence, he, he starts foaming at the mouth. Oh, my God. I mean, he, yes. had, he had 50, 52, <laughs> right. whatever it was, two years ago. Last year, he lit him up again. And uh, Miles Powell, boy, I, I saw him... Um, and a few practices this summer with the Pan Am Games team at Providence that right, Ed Cooley right. coached. Uh, I think he might be better than Marcus Howard. And, I mean, he, that he's not seen as a pro is bizarre because he can really score. And that is the point of the game, by the way. Forget about the... Uh, the put the ball in the basket. The, the length and the uh, yeah. you know all the other baloney that pro scouts measure. He can flat out score. And I don't care what position he is. Uh, put him in a pro game, he's going to get points there too. Well, Miles Powell, it was a couple of years ago actually where Miles Powell really caught my eye. Uh, Seton Hall was playing Rhode Island at the Barclays Center uh, in a, a two-day event over Thanksgiving. Uh and Powell just went crazy in the first half. Just went ballistic. Was he a freshman? In that game. He was a sophomore in sophomore. that game. Okay. Um, they were more worried about some other guys on that team, uh, whether it was Angel Delgado, who was just a beast inside. Kadeen mm-hmm. uh, Carrington. I'm sure he was good. Was another scorer there. And, and they were more worried about Carrington. They, they shifted a lot of their perimeter defensive attention to Carrington. And it was Powell who just went crazy in the first half. I was like, mm-hmm. who is this guy? Uh, and sure enough, last year he emerges as you know one of the best players in the Big East and, and now you know he's at the level where he legitimately declined to go in the draft. He he probably would have been an NBA draft pick if if he had stayed in the draft. Yeah, I can't imagine he wouldn't have been at least a second, a second rounder. rounder yeah, right? Probably sure. not first rounder because again he 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 doesn't pass the look test. He's six. He looks more like a New England Patriots uh, safety. Six two two hundred five pounds. You know, really strong. Mm. But uh, you know they, they had a kid sitting out last year. Seven one transfer from Florida State, Ike Obiagu. Yes. Now he's standing in the middle of their defense and doesn't need to get the ball on offense. Uh, just a really different look for Kevin Willard this year. I, I think that they're the best team in the Big East and and could be a top 10 team all season long. But uh, to uh, Willard's credit, how about this schedule? Mm. Michigan State at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, battle for Atlantis, Oregon, and maybe Gonzaga back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maryland at home. I, at Iowa State in the uh, Big East Big 12 uh, soiree. Um, so you know, we'll find out about uh, Seton Hall before the uh, season get, uh, Big East season gets going. One last thing about the Big East. Marcus Howard. I think you could buy low on Marcus Howard, and I think that's because he got emasculated by Ja Morant in the NCAA tournament last year. That's called a bad matchup. Really bad. Ja, ja Morant is a pro and was a high, high-end lottery pick for a reason. Uh, Marcus Howard is an elite shot maker. Uh, you can't leave him open, but he's no Ja Morant. I think the last time we saw Marcus Howard on the floor, he was getting crushed by a guy who ended up being the number two overall pick in the draft. Mm. Someone who's really, really beyond special. And, and I think we forgot what Marcus Howard did the first 33, 34 games of, of last season. I don't think that's to be discarded. No. Uh, and then the sign-off here on the A-10 in the Big East. Let's just hope that all this hot air we just threw into the podcast does translate into some success in March because last March was really bad. Uh, A-10... Uh, had two bids in the NCAA tournament, really only deserved one. St. Louis, to their credit, uh, won the conference tournament, and that was their only route in. 
the Big East uh, squeezed out four uh, only because St. John's was given a gift into the play-in games. Right. And they had one NCAA tournament win. One. Combined, yeah. Uh, this isn't what we're looking for, as Coach Belichick would say. No, it, it was really tough. And you, know, you look at the A-10 – Rhode Island did the conference a favor by beating VCU in the quarterfinals. Yes. If VCU wins that conference tournament, it's a one-bid league. Right. Um, just, and they're better than that. There's too many tur- – uh, No question. Ma- I like to say that there's too many programs who are invested and trying to win to be a one-bid league in the A-10. And, and for the teams at the top of the league, specifically VCU, Davidson, Dayton, URI, they've gotten older. They've brought a lot of guys back. This is the type of season in the A-10 – with seniors, with older players, where the league has been successful in the past, and, and you should expect good things from mm-hmm. them. And the Big East, this is the year for someone besides Villanova to populate the Sweet 16. Right. Multiple teams, whether it's Providence, Creighton, I think Georgetown's going to be good, Seton Hall we've mentioned. There's a lot of good candidates. Xavier has everybody back. A lot of good candidates. Uh, and I'm not saying the regular season doesn't matter, because it does, but... Uh, a league like the Big East has measured on March Madness, and last year it was not good. Um, Bill, uh, I'm going to let you do the NEC, and I will do the Ivy. Uh, let's hear the uh, preseason poll in the NEC, and I do have it here if you don't have it. Well, we touched on it a little bit. Uh, Long Island picked first in the NEC, uh, led by Derek Kellogg. His first year at Long Island, he made the NCAA tournament. Uh, last year they did not. Um, but you know what kind of style he's going to play. He's going to recruit tough kids. He's going to try to force the pace. Uh, I think his style actually works a lot better in a league like the NEC because the talent's pretty even. When he was at UMass, you could see there were some other teams that were just better than him who could handle the pressure, um, You know, who could sort of take care of the ball, not commit costly turnovers. I think in the NEC that works a little better. I, I think you can speed teams up a little bit and, and get them to rush. Uh, you got Sacred Heart second, St. Francis third, and Fairleigh Dickinson fourth. All of those teams received at least one first place vote. Uh, Brian has picked sixth, which is smack in the middle. Uh, it's an 11-team league. And so we always talk Welcome about... Welcome Merrimack. Welcome Merrimack, yes. who's going to be last. Uh, you know, But we always talk about, Kevin, the NEC, the postseason tournament, the fact that it's played at home sites. You want to get into that top four and at least get yourself one home game in the quarterfinals. Mm. For Bryant to be picked sixth, that means that they're within range of that if they win a couple more games than people expect. Well, you know, they do have a few really nice key pieces in Adam Grant and Bash Towns, you know, for seniors. Uh, those guys are the type of guys who, you know, in Bryant's short Division One history, they are successful when they do have quality upperclassmen. And uh, Adam Grant is as good of a scorer as there is in the NEC. And, uh, you know, we'll see what type of uh, season he can end his career on. Yeah, he was a, a preseason first-team All-NEC pick, the first one they've had since Dan Garvin. Uh, scoring forward, we remember him. Uh, Bash Towns, a, a senior who had a very nice year last year. Um, you, you're interested to see what Juan Cardenas can do in, in his second year. Uh, you wonder how Ikenna Nduba is going to come back. They really missed him last year. Mm-hmm. Didn't necessarily have a true point guard. Um, you know, that's the type of guy who can be one of the better players in the league and, and can take a lot of the pressure off the shoulders of, of Grant, just free him up and allow him to be the explosive scorer that he is. Uh, we're going to transition to the Ivy League here. Their um, poll, uh, I have it right here. Here it is. Uh, Harvard is picked first, Penn second. 
I think those two are a cut above everybody else. After that, Yale, three, Princeton, four, Brown, fifth. Uh, Bill, does that sound familiar, that that lineup? It does. It seems as if those four, Harvard, Penn, Yale, Princeton, make the Ivy League tournament every year, and Brown is just short, as they were last year, uh, by one game. And uh, that's that top four is really what Mike Martin and his team are shooting for this year. I do think that they have a chance to do so. Uh, Tamanang Cho, uh, preseason All-Ivy uh, type of player. Other uh, starters back, Zach Hunsaker, Matt DeWolf from uh, Barrington, Brandon Anderson, uh, I think he's finally a senior. He seems he like he's been around forever. Josh Howard, also a senior. You know, there is some talent there with Cho being a potential, you know, again, top five in the league. Mm. Um, you know, it, it's – I don't – I'm not quite sh- – sure about their depth. You know, they have quite a few new players who I, I've yet to see practice. Uh, I know that Mike Martin's really excited about Daniel Friday, who's a freshman from freshman scoring guard from Detroit. They do need something. They, they need a little bit more because last year they were close, but just didn't have that extra something that would scratch out that one or two more Ivy wins because the top of the league is good. Harvard and Penn can play with everybody in the country. Yeah, Harvard's a top 100 team. Uh, you look at their bringing back Seth Towns. Might be top 50 team. It could be. Yeah. Uh, you know, Bring back Seth Towns, who missed all last year with a knee injury. Uh, he's an elite player, the, the type of guy who could sneak his way onto an NBA roster at some point. Um, I look at Brown, and, and I think Brown sort of had two different seasons last year. In the non-conference, I thought they were very good, mm. and Desmond Cambridge was very good. In Ivy League play, they were a little bit inconsistent, largely because Desmond Cambridge was a little bit inconsistent, and now he's gone. Obviously, he's transferred to Nevada, um, and so you wonder, you know, who's going to fill in that scoring void? Is it going to be somebody stepping up and taking the majority of those shots, or, or are they going to distribute it, you know, maybe a little more democratically? Uh, before we go, any chance that you transfer to Nevada? I, I know that I know that you like to go to Nevada. <laughs> uh, that that's the northern part of the state. Uh, I'm a fan of the southern part of the state, uh, Las Vegas area. Got it. Well, as, well, as I say, good luck. I know that you're going to get a few days in uh, on the West Coast with some friends before uh, things tip off. I'm going to be there for Patriots Ravens, which is going to be a, a fun game on Sunday Night Football uh, next weekend. Uh, that that certainly should be uh, quite the sight in sports books there. And then Rody opens two days later, I believe. Uh, I'll have Monday to travel back and recharge, and then Rody opens up. Uh, actually, all four of our teams open up yes. on that Tuesday night, November fifth. Uh, Rody hosts Long Island, uh, Providence also at home. Yep. Um, Stony Brook. No. <laughs> trying to think. Is that Sacred Heart? Sacred Heart, Maybe. yes, you're correct. That's Sacred Heart. And then Brown, Bryant, And then uh, Brown against plays each other. at Bryant. Yeah, I understand um, our friend Whitman Littlefield is going to cover that game because, you know, we don't have enough sports writers to cover all four game, all, all three games that night in Rhode Island. Yeah, we might be struggling for that one. Yeah. Uh, that could be an Eric Rube spectacular. Uh, he, he is from up there and, and lives near there. Be happy to have him. Uh, you know, but that... That should be a decent game, Brown. Brian, I'm sure that both coaches there are looking at that as a bit of a measuring stick. I know Brown uh, won at Bryant a couple of years ago and, and then beat the Bulldogs at home uh, last year uh, up at the Pizzatola Center. Uh, I would imagine that this year's game is going to be a lot more competitive than last year's. I think that was 84-60, and that was really before you know Bryant had sort of found themselves, found a style of playing. Yeah, there was no D in that game, if I recall. Okay, uh Fans, we kept you guys a little late in our initial uh, pick and pot for the year. Usually we like to keep it to 25, 30 minutes while you're 
shopping or working out or what have you. Driving to work, driving home. appreciate everyone who uh, follows us all year long, and uh, we will be up and running on a weekly basis when the uh, season gets going in uh, just about 10 days. Thanks to everybody. Thank you. This podcast is a production of the Providence Journal, online at ProvidenceJournal.com.